0: Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Carf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello, it's me, Rachel, and I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you. I was just sitting here thinking I can't believe how summer is almost over. It's, you know, beginning of August. That means three weeks kids will be returning to school here in Wisconsin. It's so crazy. And even though I love the seasons and I, well, my favorite season is fall. So you think I would be happy. But after fall comes the dreaded winter. (laughs) And... I asked my husband, why do we live in the frozen tundra? And he just, he loves it here. I have a love-hate relationship with winter, and I know that someday I will move where it's warm. I just know it. But I'm not going to let it get that get me down, because I have been on cloud nine today. And the reason being is I sent out my first subscription box this morning. It was so exciting because I've been creating and planning this for what feels like years, but really it's months, but it was was a long time. It was a lot of planning and creating, but I loved every second of it. So I was just really excited to get them out the door. So if you haven't heard, it's a subscription box that's delivered to your door every other month. And inside you'll find fun and festive miniatures for your dollhouse. Um, They will be seasonal. They'll range from DI projects, um, items to decorate the inside, outside of your dollhouses or miniature scenes with. I'm also going to be doing a front door project in some of the boxes. And the most exciting part, some of the boxes will contain creations from featured artists from around the world. This has been my favorite part by far because I get to meet so many amazing people. So the next box will ship in October, and I've already been planning and creating. It's going to be a themed Halloween party, um, like game night is what I'm gearing it towards. I'm really excited. There's some amazing things that are going to ship in this box. So if you would like to find out more or order yours and get signed up so you can be on the list, because it will be limited, I have to close the carts because, as you know, miniatures take some time to make. And so I have to be really limited on the quantity that I sent out. So if you'd like yours, simply head over to minisubscriptionbox.com to get signed up. And also, I wanted to tell you that I will be revealing this month's, this first box next week. So I didn't want to ruin the surprise for my subscribers, so I will be revealing that box next week. So head over to my Instagram, my handle is at micdropmanagers, and you can see this month's Box. I do have a few left over um, that I made a few extras. So if you if you need one, please reach out and I'll get you set up with that. So let's chat a little bit about today's episode. I had the privilege of talking with Stacy about her vintage miniatures. As you'll listen, um, Stacy very knowledgeable when it comes to vintage miniatures. She uh, I could learn a lot from her for sure. And you, if you've recently been on Instagram, you might have seen a hashtag of mini summer mini fun. Sorry, the hashtag was summer mini fun. So Stacy curated this challenge where each day on Instagram you posted a picture, whether it be of miniature items or real life items, on your feed, and each day was themed. It was so much fun. She had numerous giveaways from. Not only herself but other miniatures miniatures on Instagram. And I can't wait until she does another one. So Stacy, if you're listening to this, hint hint, it was fun. <laughs> so you can find Stacy on Instagram. Her handle is at Vintage Dollhouse Shop. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation that I had with Stacey. And if you did, would you please share it with a friend, another miniaturist, let them have a listen also. And I would love if you could leave me a review. I'd love to, i just love to hear from my listeners, see what else that they would love to hear in the, in this podcast. And also when you're there, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on fe- future. I can't talk tonight. It could be because it's one in the morning and I need sleep, <laughs> but please don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. All right, take care, and I hope to hear from you soon. Nice to well, meet you, Rachel. Nice to meet you, and thank you for coming on here today and talking minis with me. It's always a fun conversation. So I have to say I came across your stuff on Instagram. I was, like, you know, scrolling, and then I saw your page, and i it's one of those things where you stop, and then you have to scroll back up because... I love um, thrift stores, flea markets, things like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, a thrift store for dollhouses. How cool is that? So I guess let's start. Can you tell us how you got started with this?
1: Well, uh, like you, I had some childhood exposure to miniatures, um, but that didn't last you know, into adulthood, obviously. And then um, one day I was at this yard sale and I looked down and there was this box of kind of broken miniatures um, and, you know, dollhouse furniture, like maybe bedroom furniture, bed, a mirror, things like that. Not anything super special, but you don't often see dollhouse miniatures at yard sales. And it made me sad to see that these miniatures that had been obviously cared for for decades were now uh, in a broken box. And so I bought them and took them home, and that kind of started my uh, miniature obsession. To you know, quote your uh, saying. And it sorry, I'm petting my dog. She's looking like looking on me because I'm talking and it's confusing her. She wants your attention. Who am I talking to, right? Usually I'm talking to her, um, but you know, so that's when I started collecting, and I collected for a few years, and then I had uh, a life tragedy, which we won't go into depth today, maybe sometime, but it uh, forced me to start selling off my dollhouse miniatures, and rather than being a sad experience, I got a lot of joy from it. I found that sending things that I found and treasured to other people was like sending them a little package of joy in the mail. And so after my life completely fell apart and I had everything in my life change, um, I kind of went back to what had given me the most joy during this really tumultuous and tragic time and realized that one of the bright spots was interacting with the miniature people who I uh, sold miniatures to. And I was like, wow, these are some really kind, awesome, creative, fun, community-minded people. And I wanna be more involved in that. Um, That seems like uh, a healthy, mentally healthy thing for me. Dollhouse uh, miniatures really acted in part as therapy uh, for me during that time and I think like a lot of us, when we can't control this greater external world, miniatures gives us a way to have something small that we can hold in our hand. And even for that moment, control, like it gives us some feeling of, um, world makers.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: So yeah, that's how I kind of started. And, um, um, so I have had a lot of different kinds of businesses in my career. Um, I've done retail, I've done Etsy and online shopping before. And I found, you know, that that I could continue to do that. And then so I started only oh, two years ago in July. And that's when I opened my Etsy shop. And at first I was mostly selling off my collection and now I purchase and buy other people's estates and help them find new homes for minis that they no longer can care for.
0: Okay, yeah, that was what, gonna be one of my questions is how do you find all the miniatures? Cause like you said, you don't just go to a rummage sale and oh, there's a box of miniatures. I mean, I wish I could find that, I, I try. So is it hard? to find miniatures than to sell?
1: Well, I have in the past focused on vintage miniatures. And just recently, I also started selling um, makers miniatures. So I'm working with some artists who want to make the miniatures, but they don't want to actually run a business, run an online business. And so we're... Um, partnering so that they are making things that I put in my shop and I'm helping local miniaturists. Well, not local, but local to Etsy and Instagram.
0: Okay. It's kind of what I'm doing in my subscription boxes. I really want to give back. And so I thought about having a featured artist every, you know, so often so I can pay it forward for other miniatures too, because like you said, it's such an awesome community, the miniature world. They're it's, it's just such a great community to be in. I totally agree with you in that one.
1: We all benefit from a growing, um, from the growth of the hobby. Mm-hmm. Like I saw this morning on Instagram, um, one of the TikTok accounts that I follow, uh, Mick Makes Minis, is a woman who's remodeling her childhood dollhouse for her young daughter. And I think she has half a million followers on TikTok of of people who have been excited to watch her make little things and build this dollhouse. Anyway, I saw her post this morning that um, the Boston Globe is coming to photograph her dollhouse. That is right. Like they're going to do a (laughs) copy on her. And it's like that helps all of us, right? Like that helps turn more people on to what um, your, uh, was it your, Grandmother in law or aunt turned you on into? Yep.
0: My, yeah. You had a family
1: member, right? Your
0: husband's. My husband's grandma. Yeah. She was a miniaturist. She loved to, she loved to collect more than create. But yeah, I fell in love with her. I just remember that day when she opened up the door because I've never met another miniaturist and she opened up that door and like my heart. fell to the floor like i was so excited that oh my gosh there's there are other pe- weird people out there like me <laughs> cuz at the time i knew no one that liked miniatures so yes that was a definitely a day i'll never forget so that's so amazing awesome. that you help you help other people too so i did see that on your instagram that you you know you had a few things on there like do you commission work things like that so that's so awesome so i have to ask what is like the best selling vintage mini what do people go gaga over oh that's a tough question Mm -hmm.
1: I try to curate items that um, that I would like to put in dollhouses so you know often what's in my shop is what I personally would pick or collect so I often have a lot of German mid-century modern dollhouse furniture when I really was getting into dollhouses so much of it was Victorian and I don't want to knock the Victorian or the colonial but I really liked more modern pieces and so I had to import um, most of what I wanted and and I find people still love that Um, you know beautiful cool little lounge chairs from like the 1950s and 60s you know kitchen tables with actual formica on top Um, just things that really kind of harken back to those 1950s and 60s, uh, really popular on the shop. Uh, Lundby Dollhouse Furniture is always popular. That's um, uh, a dollhouse brand that was made in Sweden. Um, They are still active. Well, they're reactive today. They were closed for a while and their dollhouse furniture is not what we would refer to as 112 scale. It's a three quarter scale, 1 we call it and you know like the mid-century modern Lundby's dollhouse furniture provides more of a modern feel to the house Um, they really did a good job of taking things that were life-size and trending at the time and making small versions Um, another dollhouse company go ahead
0: well I was just gonna say Judy uh, my husband's grandma she loved that she must have had oh I don't know eight to 10 of those houses. She loved of the Lundys. Yeah. She loved that series.
1: People, there's some people who only collect Lundby. Lundby has some associated lines with it. Like uh, Lisa of Denmark um, was a similar brand as was Barton's had a Caroline's home and that was a similar scale. And a bunch of those designs all eventually got bought by Lundy, which is why you find similar trends over time um i have like three different lundby bathrooms on my shop right now and like one is blue tile one is like red and orange tile and the other is like wood paneling you know those are all just things that you would have found in the 70s but they got a great vibe to them and um a lot of things that are out of the mass market today are mostly like pink and white. And so I have a lot of people who want the vintage pieces because of the vibrant colors.
0: So you said they're no longer, is that what you said? Are they still? There is Lundby today. Yes, they
1: still make, they they do make dollhouses today. They're different than the vintage ones in terms of style, but um, still, you know, a cool experience. and, And their dollhouses were made for children to play with. So they're kid friendly in terms of like ovens that open and close and cabinets that open and close. How frustrating! Like you actually are a kid that wants to play with miniatures and the cabinet doesn't open and you can't put anything in it. You know, like no one wants that. Um, You know, kids want stuff that works and opens and and they did a good job of that.
0: And last, Um, that's that's what's that? And last, because I get that with my kids toys these days it's like they just break right away it's not like when we used to have toys and they'd last forever
1: forever forever there is a company too um, that made dollhouse furniture in the 1930s here in the United States and they're based in Moline Illinois and they're called Strombecker Tulsa Tiny uh you should talk to him has like a wonderful collection of this company anyway their furniture was like solid wood but beautiful colors and it still really held his its colors today and you know it actually came in a three-quarter scale and a full one-inch scale so like I have a dollhouse that's like a turn of the century 1900s type dollhouse that I have almost completely furnished with Strombecker three-quarter scale but then I've also used Strombecker pieces in my Lundby dollhouse um because I like to mix and match i I like to mix a bunch of different brands together. Kind of quirky.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see that. Like in your photos on Instagram, I love it. It just makes me your photos make it's kind of like an eye spy. like, oh, look at that over there. Now look at that. I love I love your um, your feed on Instagram. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that, that's much better. Yeah. I, I tried even like there was like this weird lake going on, and I tried to shut off my camera to see if that would help but I'm glad we're back so yeah I can always edit this so I think where we were is you were saying how you started with the vintage shop
1: right um so at the top of the show you mentioned finding vintage dollhouse shop through the tiny thrift store and you know that kind of is born out of my own love of thrifting and during COVID when I couldn't go thrifting I started thinking about how others might also be missing their thrift store shopping. So I created the tiny thrift stores a way for miniature enthusiasts just to be able to pop into the thrift store and browse around, maybe find something that'll work perfect for a project or maybe just enjoy the browse. Um, And so it's uh, updated every Wednesday. So after we get off here, I'll go redo the listing It's the same listing every week, but on Wednesdays, I deactivate it for a few hours, update it with new thrift store items, and launch it between 1 and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And I have people that wait for the thrift store to go live each week so they can pop in and, you know, take a browse and look around and enjoy some mini thrifting.
0: Is that on Etsy or you do that through, how do you, how does that? It's on my Etsy shop. Okay. Um, So a
1: lot of people, they go to Etsy and they maybe, bookmark it or favorite um, that that listing and so it's always at the same place but it'll be deactivated while it's being updated so if you look for it and it's not there you think there's no tiny thrift store that means that the magic is happening
0: yeah more more things are being added awesome so how do you know how to price a miniature I guess I've never I'm really bad at that like oh this is a really nice piece or you know this how do you do you have books do you
1: how do you take it (laughs) it's a really interesting question I I listened to this podcast the other day about why we own things why we have things and they were talking about how they did a study where they put out a, a bunch of items and they asked people what the value of these items were and then the people all gave these pretty realistic numbers of what they thought the item was worth. Then they gave these items to the people and asked them again what it was worth. And the people were all thought it was worth more than because now they owned it, it was worth more. So I point that out as kind of a constant, you know, little challenge to, to say, you know, sometimes, you know, we overprice something because we love it so much. I'd much rather err on the side of someone getting a great deal on something than, you know, and if it doesn't sell, then I probably price it too high. So I I I I wouldn't
0: know though, like how, if you have a valuable piece, I wouldn't even know the difference or would I, I don't know, maybe. Well,
1: you know, it's not really about that. For me, it's more about being able to get back my investment and to earn some money to live off of. Cause I'll be honest, vintage dollhouse shop is my primary source of income. It's how I pay my rent. It's how I, you know, feed myself and Lily, um, and how I, you know, keep the lights on. And so I do need to make a return on my investment, but I'm not so worried about like s- squeezing every value of dollar out of every item. So like if I sell an item and someone else turns around and like resells it for three times what I put, what they bought it for me. Awesome. I love that. Um, so I'm more imp- about pricing things so that it's, you know, a factor of what I paid for it. Um, the important thing that people need to, you know, remember about vintage stores is that we're holding inventory that we've invested money in and, but that inventory doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> So, our goal is to sell the inventory and finding the right price to do that, but also at a price that people can collect. So, that's why I carry a broad range of priced items. You know, like I have a sofa that's $124, it's an artisan maker sofa. To me, that is a lot of money to spend on a dollhouse miniature. For someone else, it might not be, Mm -hmm. but I also have have a sofa that's $20, actually less, I have a less than $20 sofa on my shop. So I really try to provide a broad range of cost levels because I don't think that miniatures should be cost prohibitive. And you know, there's so much that we can make ourselves. Um, But my mission with vintage is that these things have been treasured for decades. Some of them are over a hundred years old. And I see it as my responsibility to help take that little item and safely put it in its next chapter where it'll continue to be treasured um, for another long bit of time. And if someone decides they're done with it, they can give it back to me and I will do that again. I <laughs> uh, will help it find a new home. I love um, that. These things are not being made again, right? The you know, if I have a little pottery bowl, for example, from Germany from, you know, 1920, um, there's not many of those that are left or that are like that. And so I want to treasure it and keep it forward. Um, and it goes also an environmental thing, right? If you can buy something vintage, that's something mass produced that, you know, you're not feeding. So quite often we're, um, you know, able to incorporate a lot of different great, you know, values into the miniature world.
0: I love that. Can you talk a little bit about mailing your misfits?
1: Yeah, so my misfit program is kind of born out of that box of broken dollhouse furniture that I mentioned mm-hmm. on the front end. Um, you know what I. What I realized is that I always had a box of misfits sitting around that were like projects or things that needed to be fixed or repaired or that were broken bits of things. And eventually I got a lot of these. And I started thinking about how they were kind of like a box of guilt of projects that I wasn't getting to. And so I created Misfit Mondays as a way to kind of lessen my guilt load and get rid of projects. And people loved it because it was a place for them to get super cheap um, dollhouse pieces that maybe just needed to be cleaned or a little repair, or maybe to like totally repurpose something and just use it as a place to get raw materials. So when I started Misfit Mondays, it was a year ago. Um, So we're in the second year now, it was March of last year, also during COVID. And uh, now I have a program where people can mail me a box of their Misfits of their broken pieces that they're not going to get to their projects that are just, you know, not feeling fun for them. Um, And then I give a $10 store credit to cover the cost of shipping. And I put those items in with other misfits. This week was really fun. I did an Instagram live and um, some of my followers came on and helped pick which items they wanted to see in this week's Misfit Monday. So we'll probably do that again. that's Um, that's super fun I just talk about the misfits but it's great people repurpose them and they find value it's hard for me to throw something mini away and my grandma always taught me that you know one person's trash is another person's treasure um and you know she had a basement full of treasures (laughs) every drawer was full of treasures Um, You know, she saved every scrap of, you know, wrapping paper, every scrap of fabric that came through the house, you know, bottles, and she used it all for crafting. So that kind of has inspired me. And so the Misfits is a really fun way. And The different thing about Misfits is there's a different listing every week. And so, you know, you can go back and look at previous week's Misfit listings and see like what's still available on the shop. And generally those get marked down and get put on sale.
0: You must have to be really organized because I can't, you must have tons of stuff on your Etsy site. So that, uh, my I have organization. <laughs> yeah,
1: I have, I have about 400 active listings on Etsy. I try to keep between four and 500 active listings. Um just to appeal to a variety of different tastes and styles in terms of scales, right? Some people want super small. I actually have a lot more to list. I always have more than what's on the shop. Um, And right now I'm kind of trending into this new zone where I'm creating little shops within my shop. So in addition to the tiny thrift store and my Misfit Monday listings, I've also recently launched the Little Red Rooster Market, which Mm -hmm. is my listing that sells dollhouse groceries and market items. So it's a little mini grocery market, a bluesy market, I call it, that you can shop in. Uh, We only play blues music in the Little Red Rooster Market. Mm -hmm. And then I also have recently launched the Bitsy Birch Cottage, which is like the first room box I ever made from scratch and like did paneling and stuff. I I've been more of a collector than a maker, but I'm really working to try to balance that um, and also be more of a maker because I love, I just enjoy it. So the Bitsy Birch Cottage is a place where I highlight shabby chic miniatures, Um, some vintage that are repurposed and refinished um, my neighbor actually tarnished Halo Vintage is a real life size vintage shop on Etsy. She during the pandemic wasn't able to sell big pieces of furniture because all the shops were closed. So she started refinishing my minis. She does, you know, three or four coats of chalk paint, sands in between, does the waxing, and they just come out soft and beautiful. She uses beautiful colors. And I'm also in the Bitsy Birch Cottage featuring mini crafts by Aga, which is a Poland artist, Polish artist that I'm working with. And she makes beautiful, tiny little dollhouses for your dollhouse and little toys, as well as beautiful floral summer wreaths. And she makes the best orchids that I've ever seen in the miniature world um, out of paper. So there's a few other shops coming. Um, I do have the little copper kitchen also right now, which features um, copper utensils. Um, that is getting a makeover. I'm in the process of creating my new copper space. And soon I'm going to have a sewing shop opening to honor my grandma, uh, whose name was Donna, And that's going to be called Donna's Notions. And it's going to sell miniature sewing room and craft room items.
0: I have to say, I think you have the best job in the world. I <laughs> like, oh, I think- it sounds so fascinating and what I what I would love about it is like looking at on Instagram at your cottage like setting it all up taking a picture rearranging things like to me that would be so fun is that one of your yeah, f- best things to
1: do you know how you've talked about um when you were young you really enjoyed setting up the barbie houses far longer than you enjoyed playing with Barbies. that was me too mm-hmm. right like i love creating the little scene and you know putting the items in and finding the items i mean that's why my vintage shop is a little bit different than others Is because i curate i pick things that i um like And, and I have a lot of different diverse tastes. So it's not all just one, you know, farmhouse mini, which I love, um, but I also have, you know, modern minis and, you know, retro and colonial and just all different styles because it, they just encapture, they capture and encapsulate different time periods. Um, And I think it's a a way for us to kind of walk in history too.
0: Would you say most of your items are 112 scale? Um probably 60 to
1: 70 percent are 112 scale. I do carry a lot of the 16, three-quarter scale. Um, you know, like one brand that people really still like a lot is this brand called Petite Princess. And they were put out by a company called Ideal 1964 to 1967. Uh, it is a three-quarter scale that works with a Lundby. And they didn't make a lot of different styles, but the furniture they made was really cool, like a chaise lounge, you know, with little feet on it. And, you know, a super cool, like turquoise velvet, kind of like tall modern wing back with a little footstool ottoman that went with it. And so, you know, I always try to have a little bit of that brand um, in the mar- on the shop because I just adore it. Um, and, and also, like I said, I really like the early American stuff too, like the strombecker, the solid wood pieces, which are, you know, just timeless and still have held up really great, even though they're 80, 90 years old.
0: So is there any pieces that come through that you're like, nope, can't sell this. This is going to my collection.
1: I do that. Um, I have an area where I put things while I'm trying to decide if I'm going to sell them or not. Some things, make it into my collection for a while and I enjoy them and then I decide one day that I'm going to sell it. That happens a lot. Um, Or you know, and I just do, I just say, oh, you know, this would look really cool on the shop. Cause I do try to mix things into the shop with like different colors that are coming together, different seasons. And so sometimes the perfect item to make it to my shop is something from my own collection. Um, And then sometimes I put things on the shop and then continue to play with them until they're actually sold. (laughs) So you'll see in my houses, some things that are on the shop and listed now, but they're getting used. That's okay, I will sell them in, you know, good condition. And um, and I try not to say that there's anything that I won't sell, because as I said at the to- at the top of this, you know, actually giving somebody selling somebody something that they truly love brings me so much joy, more joy than actually holding the item mm-hmm. brings
0: me. How big is your collection? Like, how many houses do you have? Or room boxes? Is it pretty large?
1: Well, I have a really big house called the cat's house, which is a double-sided dollhouse. It's from the 1970s artisan quality, beautiful house um, that I, I actually saved it. It was in a, a full-size house that sold. And when the new people moved in, this house was in a room and <laughs> they didn't want it. So I got it, which was perfect i have <laughs> yeah yeah i got it that one off offer up it had been on offer up for three days so i guess mm-hmm. not very many people look on offer up for doll houses um and i do have some instagram people on here who are my followers who are in my market and we compete for like dollhouses that are you know <laughs> so hey guys <laughs> i got this one <laughs> Um, I have a 19 and early 1900s uh, architectural model dollhouse. It's very shabby, perfectly shabby. That's a three quarter scale. I have a Lisa of Denmark modern, um, house, which I just got recently. It's a little beat up on the outside, but the wallpaper is fantastic. I love it. Um, I have a Lundy dollhouse. Like I only have three stories. I sold one of the stories because it was the garage and I just one day decided to sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a room box for my little Red Rooster Market, a room box for my Bitsy Birch Cottage, a room box for my thrift store. Um, And I also have uh, a 1970s dollhouse, two 1970s dollhouses that I'm working on. Uh, One of them is going to become kind of a little mini mall with little shops in it that are going to be real shops that you can shop. And then the other one might end up um, serving that purpose too. I haven't totally decided. So I don't know how many that is. I have another one that I'm probably going to sell because I just don't have room for it. And just last week, I gave a huge Victorian dollhouse to um, Sweet Tea Studio, who lives about three hours away from me. And she came and picked it up and she's doing a reno now, starting a reno on Instagram that
0: people should follow. Nice. Where do you live? I should have, I should have asked.
1: Uh, I live in Florida. I live in Central Florida on the Gulf Coast, so um, we're in thunderstorm season today, and I know there's some thunderstorms getting ready to move in. It might get loud outside. Um, She lives a little north in Orlando, and uh, it's a it's a nice area to live. It's very.
0: I think I would die of the heat.
1: I love (sighs) heat though. I love. I lived in Oregon for a long time, and a lot of rain there, and a lot of cool summers uh being so far north so i'm actually really enjoying the heat i'm originally from illinois okay so yeah so i'm usually- you know <laughs> and besides i decided if i'm gonna live in humidity i may at least we'll have the
0: beach pretty close
1: mm-hmm. i live like less than a mile from the beach as the crow flies so i do get a kind of a nice coastal breeze here
0: so in florida is there any good shows you can go to or maybe yeah, mini clubs
1: it's such a good question. Like, I don't really know because I only lived down here a few months before COVID hit. Okay. And, and I know that there's a Lakeland miniature show. I'm not sure when it is. I think it's like early spring, like February or March or something that I'll probably do next year or at least go attend. Like I don't really sell at shows anymore. I used to do one in Oregon but it's so much work and, and vintage items are just very fragile. And so to package them up and take them to a show and set them up on a table and then mm-hmm. pack them up and take them home. It's just all chances for them to break. Sure. And so I try to be really careful with vintage miniatures, you know, after I photo them, I pack them up into individual boxes. I label the boxes with a number so that they're for the most part packed away safe, except for those few that I'm using. <laughs>
0: for you I think I would have to keep everything it would be hard to part but maybe not um so can you talk what do you think so with the pandemic uh, the miniature world kind of blew up what do you think the future of miniatures holds you think it'll continue
1: I think that it's a good hobby that is becoming more um cross-generational uh, I think the way I want to describe that is, you know, for a while, everybody's dollhouses were in the attic, right? You know, their, their dollhouses, their grandma's dollhouse, their mom's dollhouse, those, those were in the attic just gathering dust. And the pandemic got people to go into those attics and go into those basements and pull those dollhouses out and start thinking again, like, hey, this would be something we could do at home. Miniatures is not the only hobby that happened to. I think that hobbies overall have experienced a resurgence that's, you know, really good for our mental health. We've become a society and a culture where our hobby is looking at our phone. You know, our hobby is posting on Instagram, which, hey, I love Instagram too. But actually having hobbies and things that we can build and create and get a sense of accomplishment from um, that's really good for ourselves, for our self esteem, for our mental health. And if you're in a situation where you can share that with, you know, like I share it with my four year old niece. She loves coming over to Auntie Stacy's house and seeing my miniatures, and she has her own dollhouse here she can play with. And just being able to share that, I think people are realizing like that's good, healthy fun. Mm-hmm. So I hope that it's going to continue and grow. I'm encouraged by all of the new shops that I see coming into um, Instagram or people that are launching their own miniature lines. I think that the more we can grow our industry, uh, the more people will find us and find that miniatures are not just for dollhouses. They're not just for girls. You know, they're not just um, for little old ladies like me. Um, But what I'm seeing, you know, on my Instagram feed, although it is very heavy female, I'm sure you see the same thing on yours. Um, When I look at the, when I do the breakdown and I look at like the different ages, I see that more young men are getting into miniatures, right? Like between their 20s and 30s. Um, and they're doing, you know, dioramas and mechanical miniatures and all these different um, versions of things that are tiny, but we love tiny, right? That's not going to go away. It's That's a centuries old obsession. Tiny things
0: are cute. And I think it helps having the two shows on. I know there's more, but the two that I've watched, you know, having the miniature shows on regular TV, on NBC and hgtv so that really helped for sure well i hope it continues to grow also um one thing one last thing before we wrap it up i wanted to talk about you just posted um i think today actually it's very new can you talk about the little summer mini fun that you're doing
1: yeah thanks so much for asking about that uh july 23rd is the two-year shop anniversary for vintage dollhouse shop but it's also, you know, a summer after last year. We didn't get much of a summer, mm-hmm. so I thought it would be fun to bring that summer experience to Instagram and offer a monthly challenge of prompts that people could participate in to bring the summer to the mini world and in Instagram. So, you know, I'm offering prompts like family reunion or you know, favorite chair, um, you know, grilling and chilling. And just little thoughts and ideas that we can share as a mini community. And my hope is that people will join, they'll follow the hashtag, but then they'll also go and follow the accounts that participate in the hashtag, like other people's posts, comment on other people's posts and provide support and encouragement to the mini community because there's new people joining every day.
0: So when you um, like, so chilling and grilling grilling and chilling that it should be like a picture of a miniature scene or just real life it, it
1: could be either um I don't want to limit people to just doing miniature scenes because we also want to get to know each other so if that particular day you're grilling and chilling with family and you want to put a picture of you know you and you know your grandma who introduced you to miniatures or you know your niece or something you know a member of your family like share that it, it's it's not about creating guidelines or limitations or rules. It's about, you know, sparking inspiration and finding ways to share our lives with the mini community.
0: That is So awesome. Well, I will definitely try. I love challenges. Um, sometimes then if I miss a day, then I get down on myself, but I'll do my best because I'm a little bit of a yeah
1: what's inspiring it's not meant to be a chore I know
0: I know I just I'm a little bit of a perfectionist so I always get down on myself about the stupidest things so to find that though they would go to your Instagram page vintage dollhouse shop and they'll see like all the listings every day of the month or every day for the month of July and then the hashtag is summer mini fun
1: correct and it's highlighted on my profile on Instagram
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. I see that too. So, anything else you want to add? Where else can people find you? Maybe your Etsy shop or anything else you want to share about your business or you. you might-
1: I, I'm also I'm also on TikTok. So if they're on TikTok, they can also look for Vintage Dollhouse Shop. I'm on Pinterest. I haven't used Pinterest as much the last couple of years, but I'm starting to use it more. Um, I'm starting to use it more myself. So I'm posting more there. And, um, I'm also have just started a YouTube channel. Okay.
0: Awesome. Well, I love the concept of your business. It's so awesome. And I can't wait to see what else you come up with. I feel like you're so creative and all the things that you do. So that's so sweet.
1: That's so sweet. Well, my mission is to help vintage miniatures find loving new homes. So the more people that can you know, follow, share, like my posts, you know, it's connecting me to more loving homes for my miniatures. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. Well, thank you for your time. And I'm sure I'll see you on Instagram. All
1: right, Rachel, let me know if you need anything else. Have a good day.
0: You too. Bye.
1: Bye.